This morning, I just want to share with you a really brief thought um, about faith um, and pulling out uh, just one little verse um, in Hebrews chapter 11. If you've got your Bibles, um, grab those and that's where we're going to be. Um, but my kind of my musing and my mulling over this verse um, has made me realise that I know I, and probably I would imagine some of you, we can sometimes read parts of the Bible and we'll, we'll definitely hone in and hear certain parts of, of a particular verse or a particular passage. And, and we can sometimes either gloss over or sort of just you know, not really listening to other bits. Now, sometimes we do that because um, like we want to hear the nice encouraging bits and the bit that's a bit more challenging and a bit more spiky, we sort of kind of gloss over that. Let me give you like a couple of really good examples of that. You know, we love, I mean, James 6, um, we love that kind of, that statement. And it's of truth that actually the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, right? But actually, if you read the whole verse, you know, even just that verse, um, it actually says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that may, you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Like, so we love the second half of that, the confess your sins to one another is a bit more challenging. So we can kind of focus in on and emphasize the second half of it. How about this one, Romans 8, um, verse 17 says, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. What an amazing truth, right? When we love to know that actually we're children of God, we have an inheritance, you know, we are that just mind-blowing truth that we are co-heirs with Christ. Um, but the rest of the verse carries on. It says, you know, so we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. You know, we, we almost want to try and read that as, you know, we are children of God, we're heirs, we're co-heirs, we're going to share in his glory. And we sort of mutter under our breath that bit in the middle, actually, that there's a sharing in suffering um, that we don't want. So sometimes our sort of our reading of the, of the Bible is we, we kind of gloss over bits that are tricky. Um, sometimes I wonder if it's the other thing. And actually what we hear the stuff that feel we mishear or we misread. Um, and what we really kind of emphasize is stuff that actually sounds a little bit harsh and a little bit condemning. And we I think sometimes we miss God's heart in it. And that's what I thats what I think happens in the verse that I want us to look at um, this morning. It's a really good example of it. Um, so like I said, it's in Hebrews chapter 11. And this is, this is a whole chapter that is known as kind of the Hall of Fame. So it's these heroes of faith um, that Paul talks about um, who are commended for faith in the various ways they live, the various things that they did. And you know, it starts off verse one says, you know, faith is the confidence in what we hope for, the assurance about what we do not see. And that is what the ancients were commended for. And then it goes into this kind of, like I said, a hall of fame, all these amazing examples of people of faith. Um, and there's this little verse, verse six, which is what I want us to consider this morning, where it says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So I wonder whether this verse, the, the main message that we hear is, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, right? Which is what it says. And, and that's the bit we overemphasize and think, gosh, that, I don't know you, but that, for me, it's like, that sounds quite challenging. Like, what does that mean? Like, what does that actually look like? Does it mean that, in, you know, in a particular circumstance or context or situation I find myself in and, you know, I'm not full of faith, um, that actually God's not pleased with me in that moment? It, like, is that, is that what that passage means? Is, is that what God is saying? Um, because it, we can hear that verse, and maybe again, maybe it's just me, but like sometimes you can hear that verse and I can, I can almost let myself believe that, that gosh, there's this impossibly high bar that I have to reach. And, and if I don't reach that high bar of faith, um, God is, it's not, it's not that he's 
it's not, you know, God is pleased if I have faith and therefore conversely, he's actively displeased with me if at any point my faith is, is struggling. Um, and I just don't think that's what that, I don't think that's God's heart and I don't think that's what um, that verse is saying. You know, I think instead of it being this impossibly high bar that we have to attain to in order to, you know, avoid God's displeasure, I actually think the bar is probably far lower than we think. Um, to If you listen carefully to the whole verse, not just that first statement, um, Yes, the requirement is faith. Actually, that, that, like, it has to be in the mix. It actually, you know, it, it does say what it says, that without faith it is impossible to please God. But if you look into the second half of the verse, um, when it actually, I think, really kind of puts out for us, well, well what does that faith look like? What do we mean by that? Um, and essentially it says two things, right? Um, so that second half of the verse says, for whoever would draw near to God must believe two things. One, that he exists. And two, that he rewards those who seek him, right? So faith is required in order to please God. But actually what that looks like is two things, is what Paul says here. We believe God exists, number one. And secondly, we seek him. Like that's, that's the faith. That's what pleases God, those two things. And for me, I'm like, oh, okay, that, that, that maybe feels more attainable. Because, you know, listen, I don't think in this whole picture, what I don't think this, we need to have a, a misunderstanding is that somehow this kind of, there's this faith dynamic. And if, you know, if you think of it as a scale of naught to 10, you know, naught being, I, you know, I am an, you know, I'm a complete atheist. So, you know, I absolutely flat out do not believe in the existence of God through to number 10, where I am full of a faith and assurance and I have no doubts and no questions. And I've, you know, fully trusting God and full of faith in every moment. That's 10. And that somehow we hear that verse as saying, if I'm not at bare minimum and 9.5, God's not pleased with me. Listen, I don't think it is. I think the requirement is, I believe God exists and I'm going to seek you. And whether actually the seeking is, I feel in a place where I'm like, on that scale, I can move from a two to a 2.3. Actually, that's momentum. It's forward movement. It's actively seeking the God who we believe exists. That, that's what it's saying. So can you see what I'm saying is maybe, maybe um, the faith that pleases God isn't isn't such a high bar. It's way more attainable for all of us. It's a moving towards him. It's a seeking. That's what pleases him. I don't think it means in any way that there are, we don't have questions. We don't have gaps. We don't have things we don't understand. We don't have times when our faith feels shaken. It feels rocked. Um, and that actually somehow if we, ha if we find ourselves in those times and places, which we all will do, that in those moments, God's not pleased with us. Like that, that's, just, that's just not what it is. Um, you know, think about the Christmas story. I've been thinking about you know, the, the shepherds and the wise men, right? You see these, these bunch of shepherds who have this you know, amazing, crazy encounter with this group of angels telling them there's good news, a saviour's been born. And their response is they went to see him. They went to seek and they went to find Jesus. Um, now, listen, I don't think the shepherds were full of faith and full understanding of who Jesus was and, and what his coming meant and what the implications would be for the earth and what the requirements would be for them if they were going to follow him. They didn't have all of that. They had a ton of gaps, I'm sure, but their response was, I'm going to go looking. Similarly for the wise men, you know, they see the star and they look at the scriptures and they think, hey, something's, God's up to something. Something is happening. So a baby's born, born. This means something. This matters. And so they went searching, they went looking, and they traveled a really long way. Again, I don't think it's that they could, you know, cross every theological T and dot every spiritual I, but they believe God exists and they sought him. They came looking, and that's the requirement of faith. Um, that actually, 
I believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. The Phillips translation says that we believe that God exists and that it is worth our while to seek him. That actually God's posture towards us, our posture is pursuit and seeking and his pursuit is you're going to find me. Like we know that that is the promise of God and, and so we will seek. And the faith is that moving forwards, it's seeking, it's looking, even though acknowledging there are times when Listen, my pursuit and my seeking is, is stumbling, is faltering, is, is maybe a bit stuttering, is, you know, sometimes there'll be wrong steps, sometimes I'll be weighed down with stuff, but nonetheless, I'm seeking. Right? It's, that, it's that long obedience in the same direction. I love that. It's the name of a book um, Eugene Peterson wrote. That's the call for all of us. Long obedience in the same direction uh, that is essentially... It's that John 6, where else would we go? It's actually, I'm going to keep coming and, and seeking for Jesus. That, that's the faith journey, friends. You know, and it much, it's a much more than kind of having to drum up this faith, which is a denial of doubt or question or disappointment. Um, like faith is a gift from God and what he wants from us is simply those two things. God, I believe that you exist and I believe you're, you're worth seeking after and that there will be reward for me in that, even in the times when it's hard, even in the times when it's challenging. You know, it isn't that we never have doubt, we never have disappointment, um, that we don't have sometimes unanswered prayers, unanswered questions, that we don't have delay or disappointment. Like faith isn't that there's an absence of any of those things at all. Right? If you if you read through, if you take some time, like read through the rest of chapter eleven um, and the the heroes of the faith, and that that's how they're presented. They are presented as great heroes of the faith. But if you if you look back and kind of dive into their stories in the Old Testament, um, like they had their moments, right? Sarah is commended as someone who believed God, but actually when, when God said, you know, in her old age, hey, you're going to bear a son, she laughed. You know, her response was, yeah, right. right. It wasn't full of faith in the moment. It was profound doubt, probably unbelief, frankly, right? And yet she's commended as a woman of faith. You know, how about Moses, you know, the hero in the Old Testament, but he, you know, he repeatedly questioned God and said, don't, you know, and kind of pushed back and said, please don't send me to, you know, to Pharaoh. Well, who am I and what have I got to say? And like constantly questioned, had questions for God, and yet he's commended for his faith. David, in another example, um, you know, probably faced more delay in kind of seeing the promise of God and the call of God in his life than than, than probably anyone else in, you know, decades of delay and say, well, God, you said this is who I am. You said this is what you were calling me to do. You promised that I'd be king and I'm hiding in a cave 15 years later. Massive amounts of delay. And yet he's commended for faith because in delay for David, in questions for Moses, in, you know, massive unbelief and doubt with Sarah, actually somewhere in the mix, there must have been this posture of, well, God, I believe that you exist and I'll keep looking for you. I have huge questions, I have huge doubt, I don't understand, I'm so disappointed, and yet faith looks like you exist and I'll seek you. I would really encourage you, if you've, um, if you've not been looking at our um, Advent reflections that we've been putting out over the last couple of weeks, and the one that John's done is, is absolutely looking at, like what do you do in those moments where you, you don't get what you prayed for and you believed for? Right? That, this is where you know, Wendy and her family and we as a church family find ourselves. We prayed and prayed and prayed for John and yet he died. Like, like what, what do we do with that? What does faith look like in that moment of devastation, of grief, of God, I don't understand. And, and here's the thing, friends. You know, there are things that, 
you know, we only know in part. There's this beautiful promise um, in 1 Corinthians 13, which I keep thinking of when I'm kind of praying for Wendy and her family and thinking about John, is that actually when perfection comes, when, when you know, John has now entered into the perfection of Jesus, actually that he now, John now knows fully, even as he was fully known. And for us, we still find ourselves in the place where we don't know fully. Like we're fully known by God, but we don't know fully. And yet there's, you know, the, that promise that Jesus is making all things new. John's entered into that. He now knows fully, but this side of heaven, we don't. But we can still be a people of faith in those times. Um, and so if, you know, if we're struggling with disappointment, with doubt, with questions, and goodness, you know, 2020, I'm sure for lots of people, has has really caused a shaking. Actually, faith, it does feel that it's shaken. The things happen that do feel like that dense our faith, that it, our faith feels dimmer. Um, listen, it's not in those moments that God's not pleased. Let me read to you um, a verse from Isaiah 42. It's one of those messianic promises of talking about Jesus. And it's so important that in our, our journey of faith, actually we start off with, actually, I've got a right view of God. Actually, I know what God's like. And so let me, let me read this. I'll read verses one to three. It's Isaiah 42. It says, here is my servant, talking about Jesus, whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. Listen to this. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. That is such a beautifully tender promise from God that actually, you know, when our faith is like, you know, a smouldering wick, you know, so the picture is it's a it's kind of a candle that's flickering and going out. You know, actually, we can hear that without faith, it's impossible to please God. That if my faith is like a flickering candle, God's God's displeased with me. He's like, I'm going to snuff it out. It's not good enough. It's not worth looking after. That's that's not the promise. The promise is he absolutely won't do that. And it's like, I feel like it's God, he puts his hands around that flickering flame to protect it and nurture it and gently breathe on it until it burns again. Like it's beautiful. So actually, if you're finding yourself in your faith journey, feeling a bit bruised and battered by this year, feeling like you know, rather than a roaring flame bonfire of faith, actually there's a smoldering wick and nothing else. God's not displeased with you. He's not going to snuff that out. It's such a beautiful promise. That's, and, it's, so, and because of that promise, because of God's heart, because that's who he is, that's why seeking him is always worth it. That's why we will always be rewarded in our, in our seeking of God, even if all we have is that mustard seed of faith is, well, God, I believe that you exist, so I'm going to try and keep heading in your direction. I have so much disappointment. I have so much doubt. I'm, I've got so much pain. I have so much that I don't understand, and yet... I'm going to keep going in your direction. It's beautiful. Seeking God, just, just you know, even baby steps, trying to put one foot in front of the other to move towards him. That's all he requires. That's the posture that we need to take up. And the posture he will take towards us is this. One last verse. Psalm 9 verse 10 says this. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Friends, that, that is such an encouraging promise. If we are seeking him, he will not forsake us ever. And the days when we're seeking him full of energy, full of strength, full of faith, he's not going to forsake us. In the days when our seeking is just about grit your teeth and hang in there, he won't forsake you. All we need, you know, the Bible's, Jesus is really clear, isn't he? He says, you know, talk about faith the size of a mustard seed. 
Like amount is never, ever, ever the issue. It's that there's that there's a tiny seed that we plant. It's what we do with it. It's how we activate faith is that what matters. I mean, that's what chapter 11, you know, in the lots of translations, they give certain chapters or passages of the Bible a title. And the title that a lot of the trans- Bible translators put for Hebrews chapter 11 is faith in action. And it's a, it's a list of these stories of people who who believed and didn't believe, who trusted and then walked away, who got things right and got things horribly wrong, who stuttered and stumbled and yet are commended as people as faith because they believed God exists and they tried the best way they could in good days and bad days, doing everything they could with what they had to say, God, I'll seek you. And that's the requirement. And that kind of faith pleases God. So let me pray for us um, in that in that just journey of faith. And you know, maybe maybe you find yourself because you're like, actually, do you know what? I feel full of faith. I feel so confident in who God is. I sense His nearness. I'm seeing my prayers answered. Amazing. I want we want to bless you and encourage you in that. Maybe you find yourself at the other end of this the spectrum that actually it's not a it's not a raging fire. You feel like it is a smoldering wick, and it's I'm scared it's going to go out. Listen, you need to know God's hands are covering you, are surrounding you, are protecting and nurturing that. And so, you know, faith sometimes looks like just hang in there, just hold on. So wherever you find yourself on that spectrum, let me pray for you. So Father, we thank you that your posture towards us is kindness, is gentleness, is patience. Thank you, Jesus, that. Um, yeah, Father, the things that you require from us, the things that you ask of us, the things that you invite us into, thank you that you are going to provide um, a way for us to walk in those things. And so, Father, we thank you that faith is a gift from you. And I ask for every person listening, wherever they find themselves, whatever situations they're in right now, Father, would you come and give them the gift of faith? And Father, I pray that you would help us as your, be- as your people to, to put that faith in action to say, God, I believe that you exist. I believe that you're good and therefore I will seek you. And Father, in doubt, in disappointment, in delay, nonetheless, um, we choose to put our trust in you. We choose to say we believe in you. So Holy Spirit, would you come and just, yeah, breathe on those of us whose faith feels like it's faltering. Breathe on those who feels like their faith is is like a bonfire. Holy Spirit, come and breathe on us. Come and give us that gift of faith and help us to join with those heroes, that great cloud of witness who are cheering us on, saying, hang in there, keep going. It's going to be worth it. Those who have entered into the reward, John joining them in that great cloud of witnesses, cheering us on and saying, it's going to be worth it. One day you'll know fully. But in these days where we only know in part, God, come and give us a gift of faith. We ask this in your name. Amen.